if I could just say on one one word, it would just be stay. Sean McDonald, you're listening to Blethered, and my guest is Darlene Ackland. In this episode, Darlene talks about losing her dad at a very young age and the effects that suicide has on the loved ones who are left behind. We also discuss the suicide epidemic, the need for taking personal responsibility in our lives, the bravery in asking for help, and the devastation that follows somebody taking their own life. Darlene's got a lot of experiential wisdom and some of it will hopefully serve as a bit of a roadmap for anybody who's been affected by the things that we speak about and hopefully will make others think twice if they're in a fragile mindset. It's a very emotional conversation, as you'd expect, but there's a few laughs along the way as always. Darlene is one of the loveliest people you'll ever meet. Anybody who knows her will back me up in that, so there's a good wee bit of patter in there. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it because it helps. Cheers. Recording live at Glasgow's nicest house. <laughs> My pal, Darlene, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm alright, cheers. Uh, so we're sitting here to paint the picture in Darlene's living room. Tommy is in the room. <laughs> Bella, the baby, Chuck, <laughs> the, the hairy baby. Uh, and we're going to have a conversation. So this this episode will be slightly different uh, because it really is just a conversation about some very personal stuff but as obviously time as the episode goes on as the chat goes on you realise the purpose of it um, so not to put you on the spot but tell us people listening just a wee bit about you so my name's Darlene Ackland I'm 26 I, I, I'm 26 are you 26 you know. tell me I'm 26 yeah I'm 26 <laughs> I don't know why I thought I was 25 no I'm 26 um, and we I am like Sean says I'm in my living room sitting and um, I don't, know. don't worry don't panic I'll, 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 I'll take for here so the reason we're having this conversation is obviously multiple things have happened through mm-hmm. your life to get to where you are so on the surface right now and I suppose this is is a good example of how things are for a lot of people life seems totally blissful you've got a lovely house you enjoy yeah. your work yeah so um, we bought this house a year ago actually just a year ago um, we moved in quite quick we decorated um, really really quickly because we were beforehand living in Tommy's mum's house together um, it was a wee bit crammed living in the one room mm. I took over his full room like totally <laughs> totally took over the sparkly full. cushions never yeah the lot so <laughs> he was like right get me out of here type thing um, yeah we kind of wanted to move out as, as quick as possible um, decorated right away and moved in within kind of the month and mm. yeah ever since being here we've we've been really happy and um, then shortly afterwards fell pregnant in the January we moved in on the February and fell pregnant literally a couple of weeks later mm. and then yeah was ever since then it's been so life is life is brilliant blissful yeah. but hasn't it been an easy journey to get yeah. to that point yeah definitely so um, obviously growing up uh, I grew up 
kind of around about Yoker mm-hmm. and um, I grew up with my mum and dad until I was about um, seven years old. Then my mum and dad split up. Um, it was always kind of one of the ones got back together, split mm-hmm. up, got back together. So you could say I came from like a broken home, but um, always done. my mum always done the kind of best to make sure that it was like kind of steady. We, we never knew about it. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the ones but was definitely for the best that mum and dad weren't together. Um, Shortly after um, mum and dad split up, my dad started to kind of get some mental health problems, not due to my mum and dad splitting up, but my mum kind of noticed this happening, reoccurring, and would kind of let my nana know, and obviously, like, she's seen signs of it happening Mm -hmm. and back then um mental health wasn't really a big thing so nobody really knew how to deal with it like how to go head on with it are we talking about 20 years ago we're talking yeah probably about yeah 20 years ago i would say even five years ago Mm -hmm. this general discourse you know the conversation that everybody's having now in society wasn't happening so 20 years ago would have been a lot more difficult to deal with definitely um Mum, I think she didn't really know what was going on with my dad. She just thought something's not right um, and obviously had to kind of notify my nan and, and everybody around about. Uh, from what I know, from what I hear, obviously I was young, I, I don't know really the ins and outs at that point. From what I hear, um, it was a case of nobody knows what to do here. Mm. Nobody knows what's going on. We, they just kind of took it in their stride and... And that was that. So I always kind of grew up as a daddy's girl, like proper, like all for my dad, like one of the ones that you just can't see past, like mm-hmm. any night or wrong type <laughs> thing. Grew up, my dad is really witty guy, like so. In my eyes, I never ever thought, looking back, that there was anything wrong with him. Mm-hmm. I always seen the funny side and the happy side, and the um, like he would make pranks about going uh, put that bottle under the neighbour's car so they can reverse over it and it would, but he would send me down to the chippy and it would be like um, go make a big massive order and then just go out and ask me just get a penny too like <laughs> genuinely it was just a dead dead funny guy always up to look no good type thing so when I look back on it and I hear that my dad had bipolar it kind of to me I'm like what? Like, mm-hmm. really? Like I, I, I don't understand like how can that be? Like it always seemed really 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 happy so now when I look when I think of guys and I think on the outside and I look think oh they look so happy and then I'm, I think that's it's not always the case mm-hmm. on the surface like you, you see that picture and that picture gets painted to you that picture gets painted to me to protect me um, from what was actually really going on so I feel like if there's guys out there or um, even women do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. they can paint to their family a perfect picture because they don't want to hurt them and they don't want to admit to this whatever's going on in their head however I don't think that that's always the right thing to do because then you're left to deal with that yourself I have done that on a much smaller scale. I've been fortunate enough not to have any any real issues, major issues apart from bumps in the road, which is normal in life. I think you know, it's worth remembering that these things happen. But even when I've felt rubbish, I've been so aware of it that I have then projected to feel even better, like overcompensating, because I'm thinking, right, I know how I feel right now. Yeah. So I'm going to try and see me even cheerier and even, you know, even more upbeat. I suppose if you look at some of the cases of people who've taken their lives that you know mm-hmm. that I'm aware of there seems to be a sort of general identity and the life and soul of the party 
carry on, never take anything seriously. Yeah. Underneath it, it doesn't mean then anybody who's getting a laugh oh, no, is totally thinking, but it just it just goes to show you. Um, what is your understanding of like bipolar disorder now? Have you looked so, into it? Um, looking into it over the years, um, obviously. It's. It was a long time before my dad got um, diagnosed with mm-hmm. bipolar because, like I say, over the years it was it was one of the ones that nobody really knew what was going on. They didn't even know how to pinpoint it. They didn't in and out of hospitals like the likes of Gartnavel. Like mm-hmm. people people make fun of Gartnavel and they would say things like, "Oh, the mental hospital." But see, in reality, like if if that is somewhere that somebody's going then mm-hmm. good on them like cuz that's that is the place that people can get help and mm. can tr- that place turned my dad's life around in the sense where he wasn't just in there once there was a couple of times where he did get put in there and I would go and visit him and as far as I was aware that was just a hospital mm-hmm. I didn't know any any better I didn't know any other than um it being a hospital and they looked after him and they got him back on the straight and narrow to a certain extent mm-hmm. um where Obviously, he thought that he was okay, but it all comes down to it comes down to a lot of things. It comes down to taking tablets. It mm-hmm. comes down to it knowing when you're going off the wrong path. It comes down to who you associate yourself with crowds. It comes mm-hmm. down to how much you drink at the weekend, how much like drugs people take, and mm-hmm. and that all has an effect on it. But if you're going to do all the things, if you if you know that you've got a cert, if you know that you're a certain person who can get depressed or whatever, and you're going to go out and drink and take drugs and whatever, then it's kind of it's a downward spiral because there's only one way that you're going to come out of it. Do you know what I mean? And right. that's and that for my dad, like my dad was young and like liked to drink, and back then obviously like you would you would do stupid things, and it wasn't until you done the stupid things like for instance like fam that family would be the ones to suffer from it mm-hmm. like stupid things like going out drinking on benders and whatever then having to come down on the Monday morning yeah. and not being able to get up out your bed it's something it's definitely counterproductive um, to, to any improvement or managing any poor mental state I can also understand uh, having been there why people turn to that it's like uh-huh. that coping mechanism because it does give you that high you know going out boozing being with your mm-hmm. pals you have to get the high and it makes you feel great and it's an escape um, but then there is you have to deal mm-hmm. with the, the consequence when you stop Yeah. and it's I suppose it's about starting to understand that it's definitely yeah. something I mean who the fuck am I to tell anybody oh by the way don't go, don't go drinking or, or having a good time or, or taking drugs because you will feel terrible I never would but what I would say to people is you know, I felt again. I would never, ever, ever be so uh, maybe I suppose arrogant to compare how I've felt to other people mm-hmm. because, in the grand scheme, of it, it's it's been insignificant. But when I felt rubbish, I felt a bit down. I have started, you know, for the last couple of years, minus the odd blip, I've avoided booze, yeah. avoided going out, and I felt much much it's better it's self-explanatory for it. isn't it like we all do it we're all young we like to go out and have a good time but mm-hmm. um yeah i think in the back of your mind it's you can't think of it as a healing process by going out and drinking and whatever mm-hmm. because you need to know that that also it's a depressant drinking and um yeah, yeah it's it is it's definitely is and with my dad i think um he kind of rebelled as well he was like young and um obviously left school young and just kind of a wee bit of a bad boy in that sense mm-hmm. where I like just wanted to go out and 
run about in cars and all this kind of stuff and um, did end up in prison so with my dad being in prison um, again as a young girl I would go up and visit him and um, I never really knew the ins and outs of it back then because again I I was protected at all times Mm -hmm. from all of this that was going on under the surface when in reality looking back I just wish that I could have been told all this so that I could have had a wee bit more understanding the the older that I've got to try and be the one to like as a young child to be the one to change people's minds in that sense I feel like girls and boys nowadays like I know locally there's been a lot of um, suicides in um, our area and I feel like the younger people know about this the better because like dads and mums and whatever they can be the ones to help them and get them on a straight and narrow mm-hmm. and, and be their reason for living like uh, if you've got children I mean, I think I'm just kind of processing a few things. So, I mean, back then, to be dealing with something like that, mm-hmm. for the people observing, and mm-hmm. obviously for your dad and anybody else, yeah, it must have been horrific. I, really, I can't really imagine, because I think we're quite fortunate now. If you say yeah. you're not feeling great, people will really take it seriously. But I suppose back then there just wasn't as much knowledge or it wasn't no, spoken about. No, definitely not. So, um after um, after my dad was being in prison and the likes of um, his eyes I think he thought that committing suicide to him he thought he was coming out and there was no life for him out here mm-hmm. when in the sense where it's like you have this full new chance to start over and to anybody listening or anybody you've always got that chance like you've got that chance to turn around and say I'm going to make a new start I'm going to start here and this is my new tomorrow mm-hmm. like everybody's got that opportunity yeah you need to start somewhere I feel mm-hmm. like um, people will often look at where they are where they think they should mm-hmm. be or where they want to be and they go fucking hell mm-hmm. there's no way I can get there Yeah, it's like standing at the bottom of a mountain and saying right how do I get to the top of that in one mm-hmm. step you don't Yeah, you take wee steps you, know, mm-hmm. you imagine oh, every day you do one wee thing You know, whether it's going easing yourself or sort of resting up or whether it's just taking tiny wee steps uh, you will get to where you want to be. Quite interesting. Um, one thing you said about parents, you know, explaining things to younger yeah. people, if, you know, for a young age. I think that is really important because in twenty twenty, there's obviously a lot more external influences, and I would I would say social media. Yeah. Because it's this new thing. I'll, I'll always go on about it, but I think it's this new thing that we haven't had it long enough to really see the effects of it. Yeah. You know, like when people say when smoking was a really big thing, and it was. It was advertised and say, I'm just pulling figures out my my backside here, but say 1920. It would mm-hmm. say, smoking is great for you, smoking's really healthy, it'll make you more attractive. <laughs> <coughs> it's kind of what the social media thing's like now. A wee bit of time goes by and they go, oh shit, we've now got a long enough period to measure the effects, so it probably is even more important to speak to, to younger people if you've got kids oh, or a million percent. wee brothers or sisters. Like you've got a wee sister, don't yeah, you as uh-huh. well? Yeah, so my wee sister, um, my wee sister's actually, we've got different dads. Mm-hmm. So for my wee sister, I think it's quite hard for her, uh, me, me and my big sister, obviously, we went through that together. So mm-hmm. as uh, my wee sister, she's obviously got like her own dad who my mum is now married to. For her, she gets upset when she hears that we're upset because she thinks, like, oh, like she doesn't, she doesn't know when this is happening, mm-hmm. and she's at the kind of age, she's actually at the age now that I was when my dad, um, obviously committed suicide. So for her now, and she's a very emotional wee girl, so mm-hmm. I look, I see myself in her a lot because I see how emotional she is, and I feel like 
now if I was to, if she was to ask me something, I would tell her. Like mm-hmm. I would be honest with her, and I would tell her. And I know how emotional she is, but I know that she'll appreciate it in the long run. Aye, it, and she can get that wee bit of understanding. Aye, and even that understanding that in general you're not always going to feel great yeah of course like think- it's, it's not a nice thing to hear and it's not a nice thing to go through either but I feel like in the long run when you get older and you start to mature then you've also got your more knowledge towards it whereas I never had the knowledge until maybe about five years ago mm-hmm. like like you say like it's it's only become like this this thing like that's every all you see on um twitter and facebook and whatever it's like speak out and um helps there and whatever but i think in reality like it's easy enough obviously for people to say that but if you don't have the knowledge and whatever i I think people need to do a wee bit more research on it and that's why initially i wanted to do this podcast Mm -hmm. with you is to try and get people to understand that like say you're feeling not well one day and what you're sick you don't go into your work or whatever your mind is a powerful powerful thing so it's just as powerful as like a bug do you know what I mean like you've been sick oh, like, 100% completely you know it's the most what did you say the most powerful I always get this mixed up whether it's an organ or a muscle it's one of the two it's one that will catch you out it's one you wouldn't expect it to be um, and if, if something goes wrong with that then, uh-huh, then that's yeah, that you know right. you're saying about the the uh, what's what do you say the taboo around the Gartnaval Hospital or whatever? Uh-huh. But as you say, if if somebody's got cancer or if exactly a broken leg, you know, some physical part of their body isn't working right. It's like it's a, it's it's like back. I th- feel like back then it was like as if you an ashamed thing. Like people would be ashamed to say that they had mental. You sound like a loony or you're a psychopath. Aye, aye, you're, you're mental. You're a schizo. Yeah, so those... they, they words get thrown about so easily. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But and we've all done it. I've called people mental cases. You're a skip <laughs> when I was a you know a wee guy. Yeah, uh huh. And you go through life and you experience things and you learn mm-hmm. and you think, oh fucking hell, that wasn't that's not definitely, on. definitely. That's not on for me to say that. Um, going forward, things spiraled a bit. And so um, obviously with my dad, um, t- it took obviously took a turn for the worse. Now. Um, this wasn't the first time that my dad had um, tried to commit suicide. My dad had tried to commit suicide um, years prior to this. Then got the help that he, that he um, obviously needed and stuff. And at that time, I feel like at the time when he first tried it, he had many, many years after that that he got to spend with me and my sister and obviously watching us grow up. And then his mental health just took a turn for the worst. Like I say, my dad was in prison and... In his eyes, I think he felt like he had nothing to come out to. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like going up and visiting my dad and being there, and I, I didn't see it as like a present. I just seen it as like counting down the days till he got out, and he would write his letters mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and when he was writing his letters, he was very positive in them. When he would say like, "Oh, not long till I'm till I'm coming out. Not long till I get to see you. Not long to." So I know, in a sense, he, he did have those positivities around about him. But didn't ever show the negative side, like mm-hmm. oh, but I'm, but I'm worried and all this side. But really, he was going to sleep at night. He was the one thinking about that. So unfortunately, yeah, my, um, I was twelve years old. I um, was just finishing my first year in school, and it was actually the day before school finished up for the summer, and. Um, my nana and my aunties had come round to the house and I remember it clearly, like me and my sister, we were sitting on the couch watching Disney Channel 
And um, yeah, what did you they, watch on Disney? What was your favourite? Hannah Montana, show? of oh, course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> was you like Sweet Light of Life as that and Cody? No, well, I must be. I'm not that much older than you, but I was like teen angel and Boy Meets World. And oh, right. like, <laughs> Drake and Josh. Like, recess, nah, I didn't like Drake and Josh. No. <laughs> we've, ju- I, we've just our generation have just slightly yeah. <laughs> missed each other. Sorry, so you're watching the Disney yeah, Channel. Yeah, so and and it was it was as clear as day. Like I'll never ever forget it and. It's sad that that is one of the memories that you've got mum coming in and obviously um, telling us that my dad was no longer here. And at that point, I, I didn't know what had happened, but mm-hmm. um, I, me, and my, me and my sister were very different people. My sister's a wee bit more reserved and um, a wee bit less thingy, whereas I'm emotional and whatever. So I got really, really upset and my sister, she didn't, she didn't show much emotion because throughout her life she was a lot more mature so she kind of knew all along what was going on mm-hmm. whereas I was like she had been given a blind eye yet so yeah. I, it was like a shock to the system to me yeah. um, whereas I think in my sister's eyes she was kind of expecting it so um, yeah obviously after that like it, it was horrific I, 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 did, I, go, I went to school the next day and I have um, my friends who were there and, and I've still got their friends to this day so they've, they've been through with me like all of this but at that point, it still never sunk in um, what had happened. And it wasn't maybe until, I would say, about six, maybe seven years later that um, reality hit in the sense where, well, I'm that girl whose dad's mm-hmm. killed themselves. Like, that's that's not a kind of nice title to have. And like you say, these people throw about these words and it's like mental and mm-hmm. like, he's an utter and all that. So it's it, it was kind of hard, like, coming to the reality that that was the reason what that was what happened. And um, not exactly proud of it however his actions then had a consequence on myself mm-hmm. and um growing up and tri- like struggling and stuff like that obviously seeing your sisters up your sister upset and mum would get upset at times as well it's, it's just it was hard and unfortunately I tried to do it mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that it didn't work uh, oh my god no don't worry it's <laughs> me to take every second but um, it's just take yeah. your time it's, it's one of the things that, like, I, I then was in hospital for a few days and I woke up from that and you have your loved ones there. And, mm-hmm. again, I still have the exact same friends to this day. And I, and I think to myself, like, I'm so lucky because I got that other chance to realise that that isn't what it's about because yeah. you don't you don't really want to leave behind family and friends. It's just it's that moment in time when you just think, like, somebody can love you and leave you like that then I can mm-hmm. do that but but it's, it's really really not the answer and if I'm honest with you seeing my mum like that I just thought I can't do that you can't do that to your loved ones and no matter I've felt all those years I couldn't pass that on to somebody mm-hmm. else so I, I'm really 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 lucky that I that I did get a lucky escape from uh-huh. that and I can hand on my heart say that that is something that I would never ever ever do again mm. Um You've, you've spoken really honestly and eloquently there. Uh-huh. You've ex- articulated yourself so well. I'm sorry no. to be upset. <laughs> I've got so many points I want to touch on because yeah, there's so many really interesting things it. that you've said. And I'm thinking people listening might also want to hear the same Definitely. thing. So, first kind of point, and I suppose the whole point of this chat is because 
we see the perspective or we hear about people taking their lives in mm-hmm. the news or in our communities or, or across across the country and you look at it from that perspective but a perspective that's often forgotten about is mm-hmm. those who are left behind and the impact it has and I think one good slant so he, your dad felt he had nothing to come out to uh-huh. he's, he's worrying which is normal like I fucking worry all the time mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been as stressful as stressed as he was but unfortunately for him because he wasn't a, Speaking about it, it wasn't realising, but here we are speaking about it and mm-hmm. they will have mm-hmm. hopefully a good impact. He felt he had nothing to come out to, he's feeling dread, he's feeling worry. How did you feel in terms of when you had these optimistic feelings? Because mm-hmm. I think, let's just say, maybe somebody's listening to this that's in that position mm-hmm. and we could offer them a slant of, wait a minute, but here's how your loved ones feel about oh, you. a million percent. Um, obviously, you, like I say, it doesn't hit you all at once, but when it does hit, it, hit, hit, it mm-hmm. hits hard. And the reality of looking at it now, it's like you're hurting for somebody for somebody else's heart. And don't get me wrong, there, people have different views on it. People can say it's selfish and people can say that no, it's um, whatever. I personally think it's a very brave thing to do. But the braver thing to do is to stay here, like get the help get the help be brave enough to ask for the help like mm-hmm. be brave enough to um look after their loved ones and their feelings and um it's it's selfish in a way that you think that obviously you're hurting so so much but do, do you not think you could be hurting more knowing that your loved ones are hurting because mm-hmm. i know that that personally would hurt me if if i knew that maybe bella was hurting over me mm-hmm. and i think that Nine times out of ten, it's a spur of the moment decision. As much as it's probably been ongoing for these people, yeah. it's a spur of the moment decision that can be changed. And other people's views on it, and other people who are there to help you, can hundred percent change that. I, I, I still hurt to this day. Like you, mm. you can, you can never ever take that away. Like you can't take away. Yeah, it does. They say it gets better. It doesn't. You 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 just start to deal with it more. Mm-hmm. But it will never ever be taken away. So if anybody is in that situation in headspace right now, just give that wee more second thought to people that you you think, oh, um, maybe you think, oh, nobody will care. Nobody, trust me, they will. Everybody, a million, uh, oh, a I, million percent, they will. Everybody would would drop everything yeah. mm-hmm. um, to to do whatever they could. It's it's a shame, you know. Sorry, a wee bit of dead air there, but my mind, is, I'm just thinking about loads of different things, but I am feeling he had nothing to come out to, when in reality, you you know, he maybe felt he was given nothing, or he wasn't given enough, mm-hmm. when in reality, his existence was enough for oh, you. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, you can work through tough things, tough times don't last, mm-hmm. um, financial difficulties don't always last, mm-hmm. but obviously that love and bond endures everything and it's it's unfortunate yeah. I don't mean for this to be if it is too too emotional mm-hmm. but if you had to if you had something to say to him back then you know what would it have um, I would probably just say just stay like that's probably like the only thing that I would mm. like just think again like just it's going to get better like that's all like you're young and you think that you can say all these things but if I could just say on one one word, it would just be stay. Just do you want to take, take a wee break? Um, yeah. <laughs> right. We'll be back in five. Is your mattress making noises it never used to? 
Or is it sagging, causing you to... Then it's time to get a new one. Get the best sleep at the best value with a Nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com. I don't know why I said we'll be back in five, because we're back <laughs> two seconds later, but it was five for us. Um, Darling was getting a wee bit upset, as you would imagine. That's not why I stopped. We stopped because I was about to get upset, and that is what is most important, really. Um, <laughs> like, if there's anybody that's listening to this for the first time, that's my sense of humour. I'm only kidding. Um, but we've taken a wee break, and, and we're back. So, I suppose one thing it's important to talk about or to touch on is the importance of speaking. You mentioned that you had a great group of pals around you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how, how much of support were they? I mean... Uh, I mean like I say I've, I've still got the same friends to this day and I think again it's one of the ones that you you don't want to get into it too much because it's it's not it's, it's not a sympathy thing it's like you need to kind of your friends need to understand because they're the ones that are going to be around about you they're mm-hmm. the ones who kind of need to nobody needs to be sensitive to you because you, you're dealing with this you're a normal person do you know what I mean you 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 deal with the exact same everybody has their problems yeah. right but so that they can get a wee bit more un- understanding into it as well like as to why you might get upset over certain things or mm-hmm. why you like certain phrases that people would use or whatever you don't appreciate and stuff mm-hmm. like that my friends it would be hard for them to understand because they I don't think they've really got anybody around them who has suffered with mental health but Knowing me and knowing what I've went through, I feel like, um, uh, like my charity night and stuff and everything. Like everybody was so supportive towards that. I yeah. done a charity night for um, Sam H last year. Um, that's Scotland's Association for Mental Health. So all the girls were amazing and that and helped trying to get raffles and all this kind of thing. So support like that is little or as big as mean it means the world to you. And I know that I can pick up the phone. Eight any one of them and mm-hmm. whether it be three, four in the morning they would answer and they would happily sit and speak to me and would just see the mo- see the thing is it but it all it always ends up in a laugh that's the thing speaking to your pals you always end up happier at the end of it mm-hmm. so that's the main thing I'm no could cry for the first five minutes but I'll be laughing at the, uh, at yeah. the end so that patience then just that you're not things might be erratic at Definitely. times and I don't mean that in a negative sense no. but a wee bit unpredictable uh, that's an important thing for I suppose to talk about as well because how do you approach that if you're the pal mm-hmm. or if you're the uh, partner or whatever? Yeah, I mean, now I've got Tommy and like he's amazing and Tommy's a very, he's, he's just chill, like very chill type person, very relaxed. I'm, I'm a wee bit more up uptight and whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll lose my head over certain situations and he'll say to me, or like, or even like certain situations, like I'll get pure annoyed about and whatever and he's like, why do you let it bother you? Like why? And I'm like... I'm just like that and he'll he say does he matter never mind them or never mind this or that Aye. and then I need to kind of explain to him and he's like right I'll, I get why you're upset over that but I'm, I'm quite like that as well see, but see with really massive things like my house could get bulldozed now but like, you know what <laughs> things happen in life I'll be like things happen in life but then small things I, like will drive me nuts so like I, I could I could get the worst news ever and I'd be like do you know what 
I'll just deal with it and then two minutes later I'm like indicate then you prick <laughs> <laughs> like I'll go over my head and stuff or like whistling in the gym I do silly wee daft things so I don't know how my brain works that way uh, um, sorry if you shot yourself when I screamed to indicate your prick if you've got your, your earphones in I know how annoying that is in the car alright sorry somebody's nearly been flying off the couch in bridge because they get a fright there sorry about that um, but no Tommy's very like that as well like he, he's very like child like nothing really phases him but yeah mm-hmm. see if he can't get a crease out his shirt he's walking about this house slamming <laughs> door and I'm like well chill like you can't can um, balance each other aye uh, definitely and again like he's been my rock through everything like I'll like I'll have days where I get like really upset and anxiety is a thing as well like I'm, I'm a very again like probably like the one who takes the pass out the group and all mm-hmm. that like I, I've got a very good sense of humour that I just kind of do it for a laugh but there is the days like before nights out that you get pure stressed out and you don't oh my god I don't want to go I don't want to do this I don't mm-hmm. want to do that and um Tommy will say to me, just calm down, like calm down. There's there's been times where I've took panic attacks and whatever, and he's in with a bag and whatever else, and I'm <laughs> I'm beaming in it, pacing up in the hall, and he's ah, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe, and it's and it's funny to look back on because I think that poor boy, like what is he actually putting up with? But he's so patient, and that's that is the one thing that I can like honestly like take my hat off to him. Mm. I don't know how he does it, and patience is a is a key key thing is somebody if, if they are having a bit of a tough time and they're being erratic and they're they're being this way just calm them down because if if you're if you're shouting with them it's it's not going to solve the situation mm. sit down talk to them like say what is it that's bothering you what is it that's we'll get we, why don't we just sit and talk why don't we change the subject and take mm-hmm. your mind off right. of that and speak about something completely different to Aye, communication is key I had this conversation with my pal on the last the episode that was out Martin Melly and we spoke about if something's bothering you even if it's small or if it's big if mm-hmm. you push it in either in your head then it's going to circle around and around but if you speak about it you've expelled it you know you've expressed it it's mm-hmm. probably not going to be there you're either you're feeling better because you've got it off your chest somebody's mm-hmm. giving you a solution Definitely. or just an ear to listen to and to and that kind of that kind of takes us on to like the other topic that I wanted to talk about was my friend um, my friend Steph who obviously this is our up and coming charity night that we're going to be having for Men Matter um, Men Matter episode by the way recording June <laughs> if you want to hear about them that's not a plug for me but just more so you can understand what what it is I mean. This sounds great. By the way, you're mm-hmm. a fucking better interviewer than me because that was a pure seamless link. Right, <laughs> Thanks. Into, I'm an actual. <laughs> I know. Yeah, gonna not be too good, but you know. Um, I so I mean, you're gonna need to give me halfers on this. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. So tell me about that. So um, yeah, pretty much, Steph. Again, he was very good at speaking. Like, if I would, if me and Steph would speak, like we're drunk. Um, Steph's dad also committed suicide, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like we kind of had that in common. And I, I feel like any time we get drunk, like he would kind of bring that up, and it really, really affected Steph mm-hmm. in a sense where I know that, um, I know that it, it hit hard in a sense where obviously because he would bring it up and he would mm-hmm. talk about it. But I used to like that we talk about most people when they're drunk. Like, oh, can we bother talking about? Um, emotional stuff but whereas with Steph like I would be in here to listen because I think like he's talking to me because he thinks that I relate to him and whatever and see I know the fact like him talking about that he would openly talk about stuff but at the same time he still had his struggles and his girlfriend Nicole like she was she, that's who we were doing the chat night as well she was also amazing my film like mm-hmm. really he would speak to her and say like all this stuff and whatever and 
again, Nicole kind of like Tommy as well, it's hard for the likes of people to understand when they're not going through it. So mm-hmm. the person that's suffering, whatever, like just again, like be patient with that person because they're listening as much as they might not be saying much. They're listening and yeah. that's that can be enough. So say what you need to say and whatever. But with my friend Steph, obviously like, he recently committed suicide and it was it was a really hard one to take because I just thought, Oh, I could I could honestly kill you myself because <laughs> like yeah. what have you done? Like because I then I then I look back at the when I tried it and I think, Oh, I got that other chance and whatever and I just mm. wish that I could have shook him and be like, This isn't what you want. Like you're hurting the now, but this is not what you want because I know that you've got a beautiful son and a beautiful girlfriend and family who love you. Um and friends again, like a lot of his friends being affected and whatever. And I just, I look at it now and I just think that spur of the moment decision that you made has now like completely, it's changed so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, I deep down know that it's, it wasn't, it wasn't the right time or choice for you, for him to do that. It's, do you know what I mean? Aye. And it's, it's just so sad that, I mean, it's, it's somebody trying to, put an end to pain mm-hmm. but all you're doing is passing you're it passing on. it up but you're multiplying it mm-hmm. you know you had it but now everybody who loved you now possesses yeah. it and it's a it's a heavy thing to and carry that, and that's where you go for that like obviously with Steph's dad doing it it then never passed the pain on to him but then it's like he's done that so then it's like is this a spiral? Is this going to keep happening? Are, are, are people just going to keep passing the pain and passing the pain and passing the pain and that's why I think we need to speak about this today and say like we need to kind of put a stop to this is like speak rather than mm-hmm. rather like people always say actions speak louder than words but words speak more than actions in this in this, in sense. this instance yeah I suppose yeah. so and I suppose you mean that they are both one and the same mm-hmm. you know taking the action of speaking to somebody yeah. is is, yeah, is going to alleviate that you know it's it doesn't mean the end to any problems or any sort of heartache but it's the first step you know, million percent. You, you said a few times, you know, that spur of the moment, probably in a real depth of, of hurt or whatever, and, and wanting to just for that to stop. And I think that's, I think I've read people or I've heard people saying, you know, like, I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to continue living this yeah. way. Well, you know, dying, that's it. You know, line drawn under it, the end, full stop, no yeah. more. But, you know, t- if you don't want to continue living that way, and again, it sounds like a false platitude, a sort of empty phrase. Speak up. Hashtag, mm-hmm. it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Well, well, these are good things. I think we have to look, you know, let's become more forensic. And to the, the real mind, you shy of that, what does that really mean? It means, you know, even professional help. Mm-hmm. If I had cancer, I would go to a doctor. Yeah. You know, if your brain isn't thing me right, and, and I know that it's difficult to get appointments mm-hmm. and that we're understaffed and that that's a fucking disgrace in itself yeah. but that's another conversation but seeking professional help whether it's therapy or cognitive behavioural therapy sometimes or it's even, even speaking to somebody that you don't know because they can't judge you mm-hmm. that, and, and in a lot of senses it's like they don't know me to judge me do you know somebody said this to me the other day about with therapy that the point they made, so I can around by way, but I'll explain the conversation. He said you need to change your therapist every so often, right? Because they'll come to know you, and when they come to know you, you might hold certain things back. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know you, you'll express what you've, you know, what it is that's bothering you. Or 
maybe what you've done. So as you're like totally... go that wee bit more to somebody I... that that again, like you say, that you come to know that person, so therefore you feel like that you're holding back with certain things. So, but then some to some people, it's like when I know for a fact when I feel down, the person that I would want to open up to would be Tommy, mm-hmm. would be the person that I know best because they yeah. know me best and they know how to make me better. So it's each to their own. It's it's what works for every person, but. There's no point in speaking up if you're no if if you're no willing to take the actions that come along with it to, mm. to obviously want the change. Like you can say, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to speak about this," but then no, be completely honest with your feelings and the actions that you want to do to change that. Mm-hmm. So you've been a good example of that because you've been honest about where you've you know publicly and within your friends and family about where you've had struggles. So again, to paint the picture, life seems idyllic. Even this beautiful wee baby, uh, Bella's alright as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to, to Chuck. Chuck is my best pal. Chuck is the cutest wee dog ever. Now you've got obviously just had a beautiful baby, and life on the surface seems brilliant. But you've also had these natural struggles that you want to talk about. I mean, how you can explain that, uh, please? I mean. Do you mean from like having Bella, or well, I do suppose you mean... just the aftermath? Um, the aftermath, not the after. It sounds like <laughs> as if you've come back through war. <laughs> Which I suppose in a way. You well, have. let's be honest. You'll never know, Sean. Uh, it was kind of. Well, like, I tell you what. Actually, <laughs> see when I was running down the stairs, I caught my toe on the banister, and I'll tell you, you will never feel a pain like it in your life. <laughs> Childbirths are close. Second. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, no, um, with with having Bella again, like being pregnant whatever like I had a really good run at it and, mm-hmm. and whatever but I got really really down at the end of my pregnancy and I just felt it was awful it really was because I wasn't getting out of the house I wasn't like doing these things like because it was just I was away pretty much so <laughs> not much that I could do <laughs> but yeah um it, it was it was hard going and it brought me back to that kind of horrible horrible point in my life where I was just so down and I didn't want to go up out in bed and Tommy would come home like from work and he would be like darling like what is up with you and I'm like I don't know like I don't but it's just emotions run run so so high but I know that in that point in time that there's nothing more than I, that I wanted than the life that I've got the now like mm-hmm. and that was due to come so yeah. so looking at looking at the way I felt now and looking at what I've got now I'm like oh this is everything that I hoped for uh. so you need to you need to kind of just be hopeful in everything that you that you're thinking that I'm on tight and hope for better days because they will come they mm-hmm. one million percent will come but after having Bella like a, a lot of girls and whatever probably can relate like um I don't but what is it so what I mean in terms of how think like just any wee down periods after yeah 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 definitely because. Like so having a baby, it's a full change to your life. But right. even even somebody who might be like, I know it's completely off the scale here, but somebody who might just be like, for instance, alcoholism or gambling or whatever, like all that kind of stuff is. You're going to a different, a completely different life now. That mm-hmm. your life has changed so 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 much. Like you've you've been. It's like an know. adjustment yeah, period. Yeah, an adjustment, pretty much. Like, you're going from one smoothly. life to another, pretty much. I, I mean, I don't want to trivialise it by comparing it to moving house, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, going stressful. Through, if you're going from one house to another, that in-between period, you're like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? Like, uh-huh. and, and then you're just left with, well, you're not left with this wee baby, I don't mean it like that, <laughs> but like, you're just like, I, I just came home from the hospital and I was just looking at it and I was like, 
all right, I've got an actual human to look after aye, now. Aye, like, like, not just myself, like, somebody yeah. else and somebody else to think about before myself. And and it's and it was really, really hard going the first kind of couple of weeks. And even now, like, try and get out and try and, like, socialise. And, and that's one thing that I would say. Socialising helps so much. Like, being in the house and, and like what's the word um, like idolising yourself is it no. <laughs> idolising yourself well there's that is it <laughs> no, are you no. talk, you're describing me here <laughs> isolation oh, man, the no, very... you are brilliant <laughs> <laughs> idolising yourself fucking excellent that was a Freudian slip that was um, isolating yourself I can't even see her but I'm going bright red <laughs> um, but yeah isolation is it's a horrible horrible thing and <clears throat> Getting out the house and meeting new mums and meeting new people is has been the best thing that's that we can do mm-hmm. because it is just you and this wee baby and then obviously for any of the, any any girls or women or whatever like feeling that way socialising is the best thing is the, mm-hmm. honestly the best thing that that you can do because it takes you away from that whole like lonely feeling mm-hmm. that, and and it can it can get really 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 lonely. So would you say new mums? Or any mums, don't yeah. beat yourself up if no, you get that imposter not. syndrome. Like, or... See if your see if your washing baskets like touching the roof and your house is an absolute mess and whatever else, and you feel like I need to go, just go and do it. Like mm-hmm. that can wait. All that stuff can wait. Uh, like do you know the whole nothing against the women at all. Uh-huh. But the whole social media thing, mm-hmm. you know, your man Mrs. Hinch <laughs> seems to be running the show and having it all together. But like, right, okay, but that's not the. St- you know, if you don't hit that standard, then you're failing. Yeah. Fuck that. That's no, not real definitely. life. And it's hard for guys as well to understand what women are going through because they just think, oh my God, she's lost the plot. Like, here she goes again. Right? I know that's what Tommy feels half the time. Is that if a dish isn't done or whatever? But it's like you, you prepare this standard and you're used to just being you and your baby in this mess or whatever. But and then a guy comes in or, or even like people who, who don't are having visitors or whatever. And it's like, for instance, like I've cleaned the house for you the day, it doesn't usually doesn't usually five star hotel. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm only had none. But like it, it it's like, like you say, it's a standard and it's un- the, you go back to the, the social media side of things, like uh, it's either an unattainable or unsustainable standard. Yeah, go easy definitely. on yourself. And for guys looking in, like it's it's no that she's just gone crazy or she's just gone mad or whatever, like it's it's hard for them to understand because they're not getting the exact same feelings as well. Mm. So if any MDs like Mrs. has went through like um, depression after having a baby or whatever, like again, be patient with them. Like their life's changing and so is yours. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's all it is. It's I, changed. I know one or two people that have been in that situation a few years back. Right, okay. I couldn't, I didn't, not that I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sympathetic, but I couldn't comprehend it mm-hmm. or understand. I just, yeah. I knew it was semi-normal but now hearing you say that there is a realisation that oh and there's a very fine line I think from being normal to not as well like from going from thinking you've got all your shit together to then being in that sense because that's that. do you know what that's I mean it's heightened a million times you get a baby Mm -hmm. but that's just life isn't it you think everybody else has got their shit together no they do not everybody's kidding on Nobody's got their shit together. Yeah. Everybody's insecure. Everybody's like, fuck, what am I doing this mm-hmm. for the next 12 months? It's like, aha, uh-huh, like, at a certain age, you should have this done, you should have that done, and whatever. I, I, I don't believe that. Everybody's right. got their no, own. Different. You've got your own timeline time on you? it, yeah. You 100%. said socialising was an important thing. Yeah. And to go back to socialising, so you've got the charity night for Steph. Yes. If anybody wanted to attend that, 
Where could they? It how is could they? on the 6th of June. Okay. And it's in the Goodyear Social Club in Drumchapel. And yep. tickets are £10. They can either message myself. Where can they find you? Twitter at Darlene Ackland. Right. Follow me. <laughs> you need to make yourself public. Um, oh, yeah, true. And then also Nicole Friel. Um, she's selling tickets too. Yeah. And uh, you can find Men Matter on Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, if you would like to thank me, and you'll have some good prizes, good raffles. Yeah, definitely. Good night. We've got we've got loads of raffles um, together, and we've got yeah. We're just been contacting different companies and whatever. So if there is anybody who can obviously yeah. help, anything. First up is the top man who never ever ever lets me down, Craig Johnston. I won't say what he's sorted because um, he might end up leaving me some bruises, and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to uh, take advantage of his good grace because he's definitely someone I love. <laughs> but he sorted some tickets for some uh, some music, so uh, some music for a music concert. Um, aye, so I'll just hold on to that while we wait. Yeah, because there could there might be something in the water. Oh, there we go. Somebody's you know, out there. And do you know what? He really is. You know, f- I can't think any more fucking thing me puns. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you better edit that out. <laughs> no, that's our thing. He'll be sitting like that. He'll be sitting going, oh, why are you saying this? Shut up. Love you, Craig. Um, this is a conversation like this, isn't it? Pure planned out. Is there anything that you feel you want to say, that you want to talk about, or any points that we didn't go over? Um, I mean, I just feel like, obviously after my friend's death and whatever I feel like it was a real shock to the system for a lot of people and I think because obviously from the outside looking into people who are like obviously happy go lucky it can be an awful shock to some people like what like why him like why her like I can't believe that they've done this when that's what we need to normalise more I feel I feel like it needs to be normalised that just because you're happy doesn't mean that you're this amazing person. Look out for the people that are na- that mm-hmm. are the the life and soul of the party. Look out for them, like and say, for instance, don't act like everything's just a big shock. Like because, uh, well, that kind of makes me think two things. I would say first of all, well, if you're listening, ask a couple of people if they're really all right. Mm-hmm. Because imagine five thousand people listening to this, and mm-hmm. they'll ask two people. Yeah. Fuck, what's two times five thousand? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know it's eighteen thousand. <laughs> um if you if we all kinda do that, if you just ask. It might seem like a, a bit of an empty gesture, but I don't think it is, because you never know. Somebody might turn in and say say they're not. And another thing I'd say is if you've been listening to this and you're in that position or that mindset where you just think you can't go on, listen to the outpouring of love for people that have have left or have yeah. now gone. Like my How? my friend Nicole, like I obviously I love her bits, but I, and she puts on such a good front at, mm-hmm. at the moment. But I know deep down that there's nights where she'll be crying and Aye. whatever. And I just feel you, so so heart sorry for because I just feel like her life has changed so dramatically mm-hmm. that 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 can't be taken back. That no. that wee instance can't get. But you'll be so missed. You would be so missed. Oh God, it sounds like a bit. That sounds really morbid. But anybody who who. I just wish they could see the aftermath and yeah. how much they were loved and missed because then things would be would be a hell of a lot different. Million percent. To, to wind up, to, to wrap up, you know, if you could if you could say one thing 
And I know this is really putting you on the spot, but if you could say, I don't know, one thing to to anybody who's who's really struggling, what would it be? Um, the sadness won't always last, and brighter days are ahead. So just hold on, because people do love you. This morning, smile with the rising sun.